If uh, the, the aliens like manufactured you to be uh, a nah. mixed martial arts fighter, they're like, let's see if we can just turn. This I'm sure. Into I would, a bad it, I'm sure if it would have happened, I would have been much better than than, than this. Much know? better than this. You're the fucking champion. What are yeah, you talking but about? if I would be alien manufacturer, I would be a <laughs> Superman. You know. Hello, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being tuning into the podcast. I welcome you to episode 32 of Martian Mixed Martial Arts. This week, we have a special episode previewing the UFC Moscow card. And with me, I have a guest. I have John Sloan MMA. What's up, my man? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Thanks very much for having me on, and it's, uh, it's great to be speaking to you. Yeah, uh, so t- tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you're from, and uh, what you do on your YouTube channel. Uh, so I'm from a small town in a place called Scotland, uh, just north of England in the UK. Uh, I have a YouTube channel called John Sloan MMA, where I interview fighters from kind of different promotions. But the one I kind of specialise in is, is the biggest European promotion, which is known as Cage Warriors. It's the show that Conor McGregor and a few other uh, a few other popular names have fought under. Michael Bisping was light heavyweight champion in Cage Warriors. So yeah, if you're into that kind of thing, uh, be sure to check out my stuff. Yeah, uh, that that's awesome, man. I've I've done episodes with people who made like uh, they didn't have too many much original interviewing content, but they had a lot of you know like specialized videos where they edited clips together and made uh, cool videos. Uh, specifically, uh, it's not cage fighting was the gentleman I had on the podcast, but I never had someone who's uh, been out there on the front lines doing the interviewing before. So this is a this is a first for me. Uh, really interested about how you you get uh, in contact with some of these people. Are you reaching out to them, or do they have a manager? or something that contacts you to do media or uh, so how do, how do you get this uh, going with all these interviews with different fighters well it completely depends when it gets to the UFC level I often need to contact these guys through their managers because it kind of turns out that managers get a wee bit a bit pissed if you kind of try and overstep them as such but uh, but with a lot of these local guys in the amateur circuit and, and the kind of new professionals in the UK I just normally contact them through their social media platforms because they're at the level where they're They've turned pro, but they've not quite got a manage. They've not quite got a management team behind them yet because uh, they're still doing MMA part time. So with with them, it's mostly their, through their social media platforms. But with the, with the more high profile UFC guys, it's it's normally got to be done through the managers. Yeah, I was uh, scrolling through the channel and I did notice you know, you know Cage Warriors being the most prominent of all, of all your people. But you definitely had a, a bit of a UFC talent sprinkled in there amongst other people from other promotions. So you got a little bit of everything going on. It's a, a, a great channel. I uh, advise everyone to check it out and uh, super interesting, man. Uh, you know, I never thought about doing that myself, uh, getting involved with the, the interviews. But uh, man, you're you're, you're already uh, deep into that that realm and doing well with it. So uh, uh, props to you, man. No, th- thanks very much, and I-, I appreciate that very much. If you ever need any help getting in contact with anyone uh, for any reason for your content, just give me a shout and I'll help you out. Yeah, I imagine the coolest part is you know you being on such a you know a ground level with these regional guys and the uh, Cage Warriors being such an up and coming promotion. Uh, a lot of these guys are probably you're gonna see them blossom into the UFC, and then you know once they're you know f- shit man, like you said, fucking Conor McGregor, you know five years ago you could yeah. you could have been in this shit interviewing him, and then. 
you know, when, once he gets to the big stage, he uh, he's going to remember you. Uh, you. I'm sure you're familiar with uh, Severe MMA, you know, Sean Sheenan and all those Irish media guys. They they were, you know, huge supporters of Conor uh, when he was coming up in Cage Warriors. And uh, Yeah, I mean, Andrew, Andrew McGann is the name that kind, of, uh, that kind of sticks out in my mind. He worked for Severe MMA and he covered Conor back in the Cage Warriors days. And he now actually is one of the one of the kind of um, key interviewers for the Mac Life promotion, and he travels all around the world covering the UFC events. So, I, I, when you think about it like that, then God knows where it could go. Yeah, man, the future is, is endless. And yeah, I mean, even Connor, when he was was when he was a megastar, he was still rocking those severe MMA sh- shirts. So he was grateful to those <laughs> yeah. uh, those reporters who gave him a shot when nobody else did. So, like I said, that could be that could be you uh, any uh, any day now. So, uh, with that being said, with that introduction, we'll uh, mo- move into the fights for this week. Uh, to start things off, we are going to recap the pay per view that went down this past Saturday night. And man, was it a great one! I'm looking at nine finishes compared to four decisions on this card it, it had a it had a good amount of potential looking at it from top to bottom there were a lot of good matchups for it uh, it took a big hit the day before with valentina nico fight being pulled out but man did this card deliver from from prelims to main event man it was it was spectacular uh, what were your thoughts on the card it absolutely was and there's a few fights that kind of stuck out to me as big fights i identified before that they were going to be exciting fights and they just lived up to it completely i was really excited to see tatiana suarez take on carla Sparza, and i think joe rogan kind of said it best in the commentary she kind of almost does what khabib does to lightweights in the men's divisions but she does it does it to the women you know just pushes people against against the cage ground lots of ground and pound and just kind of wears them down jeff neal as well his win over Frank Camacho was just absolutely spectacular. And hey, props to props to Frank Camacho as well um, for for sticking in there. I did actually reach out to Frank Camacho just to get his thoughts after the loss, uh, and and he was basically saying that Jeff Neal and Neal's camp had, had definitely done their homework because every every kind of technique that he's been studying and developing over the past five or six years, they 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 had already had a plan to counter every single one of that. So uh, so yeah, congrats to Jeff Neal and also. Um, the other person that kind of surprised me was uh, Darren Stewart when he finished Charles Bird. I, I mean, I-, I thought Bird would be able to take him down. Bird started well. His stand-up did look good. But, uh, man, just Stewart's power. N- no one can take that right-hand shot. Yeah, you covered a lot of the breakout performances. Those, uh, those from like I said, top to bottom, there are breakout performances. We'll start mm-hmm. with the, the first fight. It was probably the the only, or no, one of two boring fights on the night. Jared Brooks defeating Roberto uh, Sanchez. I believe Sanchez won the first round, and then Brooks maybe took over two and three pretty easily. Sanchez looked pretty yeah, bad. I, I, it was a split decision, I believe, which I thought was a bit questionable. I mean, I thought Brooks won quite comfortably. Yeah, that's that's true. We thought we were in for a night of uh, of bullshit decisions after that, uh, yeah. but luckily, luckily it didn't end up too bad. Um, and uh, but not much to say about that fight. Brooks looking good coming in on short notice, but Sanchez is just uh, clearly just uh, lacking a little bit of uh, talent uh, at this uh, at this level, especially in flyweight. Man, those guys, those there's no room for any lackluster uh, areas, and uh, Sanchez definitely has a lot of those. So, uh, yeah, I completely, I completely agree. I think he's been found out in, in his last couple of fights, Sanchez. I, I, the fight after that, which was a fight that kind of, in my opinion, I had it, I had it going to decision. I didn't think it was going to be a particularly exciting fight, but the Aldana uh, Padilova fight. I mean, people were hailing that on Twitter as being one of the one of the, the most entertaining women's fight 
women's fights that there's ever been in the UFC. Yeah, I, I agree, man. It, I didn't, same thing, same thing you said. I saw the over was, you know, minus 500. I thought it was going to mm. be the t- uh, typical uh, low-level women's fight with a lot of clinching. But, man, I was I was uh, did not give props enough props to these girls because they both came out there looking to, looking to trade, looking to be in each other's faces, not looking to take any steps back, especially Pudilova, man. I don't think Pudilova took a step back the entire fight. This nope. was, it was one of the most high, high highest output, highest intensity women's fights uh, I've ever seen. It was a great back and forth kickboxing fight. Not much uh, not much takedowns at all in this one. Uh, we thought that the, the ground would definitely be an aspect in this one, but honestly, it was uh, mostly contested on the feet. Pudilova had a more kickboxing style, throwing a lot of kicks and jabs, and Aldana was more boxing, throwing a lot of counters, and Aldana got the decision. Uh, I don't, I don't, it's hard to score this fight, man. I didn't think that uh, one girl did more than the other to uh, mm. win a decision. Honestly, I would have been comfortable with a draw in this one. Who knows about which round would have been 10-10 uh, or whatever. But this was a really, really close fight. And honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing a rematch. Yeah, no, I wouldn't either. And I think this fight's definitely because of the way they fought and they were willing to just stand and trade. I think it will have elevated both of their profiles uh, in the eyes of both the fans and the matchmakers. So, you know, although uh, Pudilova, she didn't come away with uh, with the W, I think that was probably a win for her in terms of uh, her, her career and how she's seen seen by the general MMA community. Uh, the next fight, um, Alex White and Jim Miller. This was Jim Miller's 30th, I believe, UFC fight, uh, which was just unbelievable. You know, I find what's interesting about Jim Miller is for the last year or two, he's been suffering. It's been quite un- under-publicized, but he's been suffering with chronic Lyme disease. Uh, and and if you research the the symptoms of chronic Lyme, you'll know about about the kind of effects it can have on you. It can have lots of physical effects as well as mental effects and neurological effects. Uh, one of the main symptoms of chronic Lyme disease is brain fog, uh, and this is something that Jim Miller says that he's found increasingly hard to deal with as he's fighting because his mind sums sometimes goes blank. You know when when he's in the middle of throwing throwing a combination uh, or working out his next move. So yeah, props to Jim Miller. I couldn't be happy for him, and uh, and uh, during my predictions, I did actually pick Alex White to beat him, uh, and I actually thought that um, I actually thought that Alex White was gonna was gonna stop him in the second round. Yeah, I did too. I actually bet uh, a decent amount on Alex White and was uh, pretty pissed. But uh, you know, can't be same here. Yeah, yeah, can't be too can't be too uh, upset about you know a guy turning back the clock with a performance like Jim Miller, especially you know how he dropped him and submitted him. We haven't seen mm-hmm. we haven't seen Miller look that good in years. And you know, uh, obviously knowing uh, the ins and outs of the sport, I'm very familiar with his Lyme disease. So uh, it was it was awesome to see him get that win because I know that he's been facing uh, a a bunch of fucking killers. You know, Poirier, Tr- yeah. Trinaldo, uh, and of course Dan Hooker, but uh, finally got a little bit of an easier opponent and he took him out decisively. So great for Jim Miller. And speaking of turning back the clocks, Diego Sanchez in the next mm-hmm. fight, totally looking like his old, old self from, you know, 10 years ago. Put on a, a dominant uh, grappling performance was just taking Craig White down, uh, stacking him, you know, grounding and pounding him. I thought the commentary was a little bit over uh, overdone on this one. They were mm-hmm. reacting to shots. They were like, "Oh, you know," when I don't think the, yeah. the punches really were hitting that hard. You know, I, I mean, I, that's just Rogan. That's just Rogan's commentary, though. It is all biased and over dramatic, in my opinion. 
Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, and, um, you know, it's it's nothing nothing uh, against Rogan. He was just getting caught up in the moment. And he did a good mm-hmm. job making that fight exciting because, you know, if it wasn't if it wasn't Diego putting, uh, putting a, a great performance on like that for the first time in forever, it probably would have been a boring fight. So the story behind the fight and, you know, the uh, the drama behind it definitely made it, made it exciting. And Diego looked really good. Hey, man, I, I thought that this dude is delusional. I mean, he is delusional, but I thought he was totally, totally, like, out of his mind dude the 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 videos of him training up for this fight were crazy you know him him, he just looks he looks like mentally unstable and for him to come in here to put on that performance like that i'm I'm very happy for the guy luckily it didn't bet on uh craig white yeah well i did put uh i I did put my money on craig white unfortunately just because i thought uh just because I thought that, I mean, it seemed like it was almost accepted um, on Twitter and social media for that Diego Sanchez was get, get, getting put out in this fight. Especially, I'm a big Craig White fan, uh, and I do kind of uh, buy into the hype behind him. But what do you think is next for him? Because he's, well, he, he took that fight with Neil Magny at UFL on short notice, lost that in first round knockout, and now he's lost to Diego Sanchez. In a way that he wasn't outclassed per se, but he he did he did lose in quite dominant fashion. Uh, I just struggle to see who they give him. Uh, have yeah, you got man. any ideas on that one? Uh, He's also got a significant cut to get down. To work. I mean, I've heard that he, I've heard rumors that he walks around at about two hundred and twenty pounds, which is just to be, to be cut in. If he walks out at two hundred and twenty pounds, that's fifty pounds below his natural uh, natural weight that he's fighting at. I mean. Yeah, you know, that's, uh, that's worse than Darrell. Yeah, it's it's hard to imagine him getting another fight in the UFC. I say, you know, he did come in short notice for Neil Magny, got stopped pretty quickly. But man, uh, his skills in this fight it showed he had a little bit of stand up stand up skills, but not yeah. anything on the ground. He had no wrestling, no not much jujitsu. I mean, he does have a good amount of submissions, but it, he didn't really look like yeah. he was too able on the ground there. He didn't look like he knew how to get back to his feet. He looked like terrible on the ground uh i could see the ufc yeah, cutting him i could see the ufc giving him to another uh you know old welterweight to try to get him you know a, a, a win but i mean diego sanchez is pretty pretty bottom of the ladder you know uh and it, the fact that he lost all three rounds uh, decisively to diego is is pretty bad um it, it, i don't think he's really ufc level um i think that he'll probably end up going back to cage warriors yeah, yeah, well, yeah, th- 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 there could be an argument for that there. Personally, because I'm a fan of him, I'd like to see him get one more shot, like you say, against someone that's maybe on their way down. But uh, but yeah, if he's losing to, to Diego Sanchez in that fashion, in, the kind, in this kind of level of Sanchez's career, then uh, we're, we're not seeing anyone that's going to yeah. break the top 15, especially at welterweight. But in maybe, my opinion, maybe welterweight Thiago is Alves. more stacked yeah, for sure. They're very, very close in yeah, competition. T- yeah, Tiago Alves maybe, but uh, after yeah. after he loses this weekend, yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep uh, turning through this card because we're gonna um, try to speed this up so we can get to Russia. And uh, so ne- next thing uh, you already mentioned this, Darren Stewart having a come from behind win. Charles Bird was winning this fight, man. Winning won the first round, and he was on his way to winning the second round when just one punch is all it took for uh, Stewart to rock Bird and turn this fight around. And he chased the finish. It, once he heard him, he uh, he he knew it. Great killer instinct. And uh, Darren Stewart, look, a lot of people were, were, were really trusting Charles Bird in this spot and, you know, betting him as a favorite and everything like that. But, man, Stewart uh, is, is dangerous. And um, 
a lot of people underestimate him in this, and he, they pay for it. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I kind of shocked me in the first round was how good Bird's stand-up, uh, stand-up looked. I mean, the combinations were really complex that he was throwing, and he didn't really look... It, it didn't seem like he respected uh, Stewart's stand-up or his power, which came back to haunt him later in the fight. But yeah, before this fight, I did... The, the Bird's only chance to win this fight was it was if he managed to take Dan Stewart down. I spoke to both these guys in the lead-up to the fight. Dan Stewart told me if the fight hits the ground, the ground's over, but I, he can take me down, which he was right, because Bird did attempt to take it down, I think, twice, if I'm being correctly, but uh, Stewart was just far too strong. Yep, he, he stuffed him good. He prepared well for this fight. And, uh, you know, I watched a lot of tape on Bird in this fight, uh, before this fight, and I watched a lot of tape on Jeff Neal, the next opponent. Jeff Neal... Uh, head kick knocking out Frank Camacho uh, in the second round. Mm. And, and I watched tape on both of them, and what I concluded was Bird is is very legit, and we should trust him against Camacho, or uh, against Stewart, excuse me. His stand-up is good, and his grappling is even better. And I had a little bit of questions about Neil. I thought that his you know stand-up was definitely his best at- aspect, but it was nothing yeah. you know, extravagant. But man, I was wrong about both of them, because Bird's ground game is not that good. He wasn't able to get Stewart uh, you know, down. His wrestling wasn't able to mm-hmm. stand the test. And Jeff Neal's striking is incredible. And, you know, he was boxing up Camacho, and then he eventually landed that just picture-perfect uh, head kick. One of the most brutal head kicks we've seen in a while. Just a lovely, lovely knockout to see. Yeah, yeah, it was. I mean, the, the thing that kind of struck me in that fight was just his speed. I mean, like, and, and the, he was winning every exchange, and he was just he was he was first to land every time that him and Camacho kind of came together came together in the middle. Yeah, if, I mean I thought there was a great moment in that fight where um, it was actually just just a minute or two before the knockout where Frank Camacho just stared him dead in the eye, spurted spurted the blood from his nose and shouted something like "Let's go." Uh, I, I, after that happened, I thought they were maybe in for a for a three round war, but uh, but yeah, that head kick was just landed absolutely beautifully. He did it just at the right time when. Uh, Camacho had just been landed with a one-two combination, and yeah, it was just a lovely finish. Uh, but Frank Camacho, um, he's been cleared by the doctors, and I, I feared that he might have been concussed or anything or, or something, just because that was a bad knockout. And he was on the floor for a good two or three minutes after that. But no, uh, he's been fine, no damage. He's been medically cleared to uh, to go back into training and back into sparring. No, no visible damage, but. There's no fucking way. Like there wasn't some significant damage done to his brain that night. Who knows? Oh, who knows yeah. how they? Who knows how they tested it? It wasn't just a knockout where he took the blows of the the kick. He, his head also bounced off the canvas. You know, from full speed from his body falling. So, you know, I I, uh, I bet on Camacho in this one. And once he got rocked in the second round, I started looking away because I knew he was done. Then I saw that scream, and it didn't really get me as excited uh, because I knew that he was still done. And right as DC said, doesn't, yeah. doesn't matter how hyped up you are, Camacho. You can't take too many more of those left hand. Oh, oh my. Yeah, it was just, man, mm-hmm. that, that, the, the reaction of that kick, uh, the, the crowd reaction and everything was fucking awesome. There's a, you should see a, check out a video if you haven't. 
Moving along, we had Aljamain Sterling defeat Cody Stammen by knee bar, first of two knee bars in the night. Was it looking like a close fight up until this? You know, it was uh, the odds had this one pretty close. Uh, they opened up uh, almost evens, and they were, uh, you know, Aljamain got bet down a little bit more of a, a comfortable favorite. And I thought Aljo was going to win this fight. I thought he was going to outstrike him to a decision. But man, Aljo was able to um, take uh, Cody Stammen's back in like one of these wrestling exchanges and uh, secure a knee bar uh, while. Stammen was trying to get him off of his back and just an incredible submission uh, and uh, you know good performance from Aljo yeah I agree I mean I actually thought that Cody just won the first round I thought he was doing really well in the first round you know he was keeping things in the feet I think he clinched once but he was doing a great job of kind of moving in and moving out you know closing the distance and then circling out which, which is what I think you need to do if you want to have the chance of beating Aljamain Sterling, just because his style is so awkward. And I don't think you can stand too close to him. I knew as soon as he started engaging in the clinch and, and getting quite comfortable there in the second round that he was going to pay for that. And uh, and yeah, Aljamain Sterling, well, his nickname says it best, the funk master. He was able to, he was able to lock that in from what I thought was quite a difficult angle. Yeah, man, it was a funky, funky submission to say the least. It was great submission. <laughs> But uh, the, I think the, possibly the best performance of the card uh, came up next, and Tatiana Suarez just uh, giving an absolute world beating to Carla Esparza, finishing her by TKO uh, 14 minutes and 33 seconds into this fight, uh, right before the finish of the fight. But just utter dominance from Suarez, uh, her wrestling, chain wrestling, her uh, you know ground and pound. She looked like you said a female version of Khabib in there. Just an incredible, yeah. terrifying performance. Uh, you know she's all all the way, or she jumped, you know, all the way to uh, top top of the division right now. Right now, the top of the division is Rose, Jessica Andrade. Joanna and Tatiana Suarez. So we'll see what they what they make with those uh, next couple fights. But man, uh, Suarez looking terrifying in there. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure when uh, when when Rose's kind of schedule is to, to to return to MMA because a fight that I'd really want to see is Suarez Andrade. But uh, but I'm guessing that it would probably be Rose's intention to get back in there soon because well, when was the last time she fought? Last time she fought was that the Joanna rematch April, at two yeah. two three. April, April. Yeah, 7th. so, yeah. I mean, I, I, I saw an interview from her, and she was saying that she she wanted to face Carolina if Carolina had beat Andre. Uh, so I'm guessing uh, Andre's next on her radar. Although stylistically, that's a it's quite a difficult matchup for her. Yeah, I, I honestly think that all, both of those fights are Suarez and Andrade are tough for Joanna. All right, excuse me, tougher Rose. I think Joanna is going to go up to fight Valentina for the one twenty-five pound belt. Just in- I agree, I agree, and I'm pr- I'm pretty sure that's what Valentina wants now too. I think yeah, it's what Dana wants. I think it's what everyone wants. It, it makes total it's total sense. So, uh, uh, I imagine we'll see. Uh, we might see Suarez, you know, uh, sidelined for a bit, or maybe they'll give her like Gedalia or something like that. Uh, and I think Gedalia has a fight actually though. Who knows? Yeah, Gade- yeah, I think Gadelia is just booked. But Gadelia, she, she Gadelia, I'm pretty sure she said after the uh, after the Sparza fight that she wanted uh, she wanted a rematch with the Sparza, which I'm I'm not really sure what the point to that would be, but that was what she was calling for. I want to see Tatiana Suarez fight Amanda or uh, Mackenzie Dern. That would mm. be interesting, but who knows? She can't even make 115. Yeah, well, uh, yeah, yeah. M- Mackenzie Dern. Uh. We'll let her go. I mean, uh, you can miss weight by a pound, two pounds, but eight pounds, like, just get out of that weight class. Yeah. Uh, moving on, main card, Abdul Razak Al-Hassan 
murdering Nico Price with a punch or the flurry of punches, honestly. 43 seconds into the fight. Yep. Man, uh, we knew everyone knew that Al Hassan was going to try to knock him out, and you know he he proved that he could do that in forty three seconds. Man, incredible! Um, it's am- amazing that, that this fight, the odds were so close in it. I mean, uh, people thought that Nico Price was pretty crafty on the ground, and they thought that mm-hmm. they were going to get Al Hassan to the ground and maybe finish him in the later rounds after Al Hassan gasped. But man, uh, Nico could not even withstand that onslaught from Razak, and uh, Al Hassan put him away. Scary, dude. No, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But at 170, in my opinion, he doesn't look a, a man of particularly high physical stature. Like, he doesn't look as strong as, as strong as like the powery packs and his punches. But he's now nine and he's now nine and one, and I believe all of his nine wins uh, come by knockout. But yeah, I mean, Price is a guy as well. That you know, if if he lands as well, it's not good news either. He, he has a lot of knockouts on his record, so. Uh, I did feel like this one would be over in the first round one way or another because um, Razak Al-Hassan had never felt, uh, I'd probably never felt the same kind of power uh, and precision that Nico Price packs. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'd picked uh, Al-Hassan by first round knockout anyway. Yep. And, man, like I said, scary, scary dude going forward. Unfortunately, we had another boring fight, uh, the second boring fight. And, you know, it was uh, a little a little interesting of, uh, like, a, well, a chess, I mean, a chess match. Jimmy Rivera is the decision machine. Yeah, six, I think it's six uh, decision uh, wins in a row or something like that. And, you know, John Dodson, uh, Rogan was kind of trashing him coming out and saying, that we, dude, we used to uh, watch this uh, flyweight knockout artist named John Dodson. Then he moved up to bantamweight and he turned into a point-fighting kickboxer who loses split decisions and loses low output decisions and people were you know man what the hell is rogan on dodson's case for what the hell with and and john dodson did the exact thing he was talking about a low output low intensity low ferocity Mm -hmm. decision that he lost uh dodson just doesn't even deserve to be in the ufc at this point he he stinks Mm -hmm. i remember i was saying this a couple months ago i said that he's a bum he hasn't looked like he wanted to be in there for the past three or four of his fights and someone was like dude he's number eight in the world he's not a bum He's a fucking bum. He doesn't want to be in there anymore. He's had yeah, five, five yeah. fights in a row go to decision, three of them yeah. being split. Uh, I just can't 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 deal with that guy anymore. Rivera looked good. Looked good coming back yeah, from the loss. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, because I mean, I, that was a bad knockout that he suffered from Rice. So I mean, like some people would never come back from that. But yeah, fair enough. But I think John Dodson was. When I was looking at this fight and uh, the I was this, I did feel like this was a massive mismatch. I did see a lot of people on social media picking Dodson, but yeah, I don't think Dodson's walking around weight will be that much higher than 135 pounds because he still doesn't even look that lean when he walks in there at a bantam weight. Yeah, I I have to say I do agree with Rogan. The move to 135 has turned him into into a boring fighter. I I would want to see him move down to back down to that flyweight division because you know flyweight's more interesting than it's been in, in in a good few years now. So if you get him into the mix. And if he can replicate what he used to do at flyweight, then uh, then yeah, I, I think he'd be uh, I think he'd be a, a lot higher valued that, uh, by the fans on the UFC. Uh, I don't think he'll drop back down. I think he's either going to Bellator uh, or going... I think I think Bell I think Bellator personally. Yeah, yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't. I would like to see him uh, go up to forty five in Russia with some enhancement. Honestly, 
But uh, moving along to a, a Russian Zabit Magomed Sharapov defeating Brandon Davis by the same type of knee bar that Aljamain Sterling landed uh, yeah. al- almost at the exact same time in the round, which is even crazier. Um, the same exact submission, a very rare submission, that knee bar from the bag. Zabit just, you know, completely outclassing Brandon Davis in this one. Well, I mean, Brandon Davis was hanging in there. The first round, he might have even won. But Zabit, uh, I mean, I think Zabit knew what caliber Davis was. He knew that... He could finish him in, you know, whenever he wanted to. So he took the first round, you know, got, figured out what he was going to do for his attack while evading mm-hmm. any, you know, uh, dangerous strikes. He took a couple hard leg kicks. That's it. And Brandon Davis basically won the round on activity, but then Zabit in the second round just put his ass into gear, put the full throttle on him, and got the submission. Yeah, I didn't think Zabit looked as good as, as as good as he did in his previous two bouts. To be honest, I didn't think he was as free flowing. I didn't think he as he he was as sharp and precise. Uh, I was a bit disappointed by the performance that he put in. Actually, I mean, fair play to Brandon Davis as well, because like you say, he did hang in there and he took this fight on. Was it eleven days notice? Uh, yeah, uh, I think around there, maybe even less. Mm, so, so yeah, I mean, I. I think if you're a guy that, that, that that's kind of used to going in there and for the most part grinding out decisions, I don't in in the UFC, I don't think uh, is a beat someone someone that you ever want to kind of come across. But yeah, what do you think's next for Zabit? Because uh, Zabit, because who is who is it he wants to fight? Is it Chad Mendes? Mendes, yeah, that's uh, it's a big jump. Honestly. You know, you know, I I th- I I would I would pick Mendes in that fight. Yeah, uh, I mean, dude. It's five six versus six one. That's I mean, it's a gigantic reach adv- uh, height advantage and reach too. I don't know, man. Uh, I I think I, th- I don't think Mendez would take that fight, honestly. Uh, you know, but I suppose there's there's not much to gain. There's not much to gain from it anyway because it's a beat. You know, it's a beat. He'll only be ranked about tenth or eleventh after this weekend, won't he? Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing them trying to get the Yair fight book. That seems like a pretty good uh, stylistic matchup. It seems like a good. Uh, Competition ma- matchup too, in terms of you know how highly ranked they are. I don't, I don't, I don't think you want to give uh, Zabit Chad Mendes coming off of four win- wins over four unranked guys. You know, um, yeah. so uh, I think he, he needs. Unfortunately, they couldn't get a better competitor than Brandon Davis to get him a legitimate win. But I think Zabit had a little bit of a uh, tough weight cut because he he weighed in at one forty seven and then mm. uh, eventually took his uh, underwear off and weighed in at one forty six point five and then they. Uh, gave him 146 officially, so the the the, the commission actually helped him out a little bit because he technically missed weight. So um, I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I wouldn't mind seeing Zabit and Ricardo Lamas. Yeah, I think I think he would slaughter Ricardo at this uh, at this point. Honestly, I don't know. I, I don't know, man. It makes I feel like Zabit would be more dangerous at 155, but I, I don't know. It's tough to it's tough to say. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I think I forty-five is mean. filled with guys who are just killing themselves to get there. You know, the champion is a guy who walks around forty, fifty pounds heavier. He's yeah. bigger than the light heavyweight champion. Like, there's a picture of them next to one another, and Max looks bigger. So, yeah, Ortega's big too. Uh, yeah, man, all of them cut. Uh, who, who else does that makes big cuts down to down Al- to one forty-five? Al- Aldo does. Um, Let's yeah, Aldo, Aldo, Aldo's talking about lightweight now, I believe. Yeah, Aldo, for sure. Well, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll keep turning along the card because we're a little bit tight for time. Um, Perfect. Co-main event, we had Jessica Andrade's Blast, Carolina mm-hmm. Kovalkiewicz. This fight was uh, 
118 seconds long, and I think they threw like 123 punches. So they were throwing more than one punch a second in this entire fight. It was just a complete barn burner uh, of uh, punches, and eventually Andrade connected with an absolute bomb of a right hand. That was one of the the, the closest thing we've seen to a one punch KO in. Um, women's MMA. She, it was it was a KO, you know, it was a one-punch KO, but uh, Carolina mm-hmm. didn't go like, didn't go totally limp unconscious faceplant like the men do, you know, but Andrade mm-hmm. put, her, put her on her ass, and uh, it was a good performance from Andrade. Super sad for Carolina. Yeah, I thought it was as well. I thought where Carolina went wrong, she, she kind of tried to engage a bit too much, and she, she made it a bit of a brawl, which isn't good when... Uh, because Carolina, she's not particularly a power puncher. So she's not. She's not gonna. Uh, she's not gonna have uh, much luck trying to knock Andrade out. And at, at the same time, Andrade, she's just so well rounded, you know, because she, she's got she's got great cardio. She can go. She can go the distance easily. Uh, she's got a really good ground game, solid grappler, uh, and she's also got knockout power. I mean, there was just there was no real areas of this fight that I could see Carolina Carolina beating her. Yeah, it was a t- very, very tough matchup. As tough as they come, but uh, mm. moving on. To I, the main I thought event. Carolina was more. I thought if Carolina was more cautious. Uh, yeah, then I, she might have been able to grind out maybe a split decision win, but she she just went straight in there yeah, with the same I mean, intention that Andre did. And how, I don't how, think that was a good game plan. How could she have stopped that fucking bulldog coming at her? Uh, you know. Uh, it, it's unfortunate. Like I said, if if they chose to go at a more relaxed pace, I think Carolina could have maybe snuck in a round or maybe maybe a split decision. But you know, didn't didn't happen unfortunately. But um, moving on to the main event, the welterweight title fight between Darren Till and Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley defeating Darren Till by Darce Choke in the second round. Just an incredible, incredible performance. One sided performance from uh, Tyron Woodley. For some reason, Darren Till was uh, feeling out uh, Tyron in the in the first round a little bit too much. Didn't throw really any strikes. Was just apparently waiting to release him, his uh, his barrage of of knockout punches in the second or third round, according to him. But before he was able to do so, Tyron Woodley countered with a massive overhand right, knocked Till down. Followed up with some nasty, nasty ground and pound for about 90 seconds, two minutes, just mm-hmm. massive elbows, just a beat down. And then before he cinched in a Darce choke, which got the tap, he got his black, uh, jiu-jitsu black belt afterwards from his coach, Dean Thomas. He got his, you know, what is it, fourth welterweight belt or third? Uh, who knows? But uh, just a great performance from Tyron Woodley to defend his belt against Darren Till. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did feel coming into this fight. I predicted a first round knockout in Tyron Woodley uh, from rather with I did feel coming into this fight that this was a huge mismatch. Uh, just n- not so much in their records, but just, just stylistically, just just the way Till throws that left hand shot. You know, he just leaves that uh, he just leaves that left side of his chin or right side to Tyron. He just leaves that so exposed, and you know, uh, it was it was it was the first time they actually leaned in to try and land a proper combination that that Woodley was able to catch him, uh, and I was surprised, you know, because it, it, it did land quite cleanly on the on the on the left side of uh, Till's chin. I was surprised that that wasn't enough to put him out, but uh, but yeah, he, he just continued to absolutely ground him out. And uh, to, to be fair to uh, to Till, you know, he, he looked like he was there all all along. Uh, yeah, man, yeah, he took and those shots. In the dark. The, the Darce choke uh, and got his black belt. Yeah, I, I'm happy for him. I, I hope now that people will start will stop underappreciating him and also underestimating him. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know what's next for Till. 
personally, I think he's been found out slightly uh, in, in that Wonder Boy fight and in this fight. And uh, and I, I think, although he's talking about a move to middleweight, I don't think I, I struggle to actually uh, envision him breaking the top five up there. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I think middleweight is the 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 thing to do for him. Who knows? We might see him see a totally rejuvenated guy up there. You know, like we did with with Whitaker. Not not a single fucking one of us would have predicted that Robert Whitaker would have success. Very true. Yeah, very true. Very true. I mean, after after his fight to to, to Stephen Thompson, you know, I thought his UFC career was even was was even on hold. Maybe. Yeah, but yeah, he turned that shit around quick. Um, mm. So yeah, great pay per view. Like we said, it was a, it was an awesome card. It, uh, lo- took a hit the day before with Valentina and Nico being pulled and Nico being stripped, but oh yep. well. Uh, still delivered as one of the best cards all year. And we were are going to transition to the UFC going down in Moscow, Russia, for the first time this Saturday, September fifteenth, two thousand and eighteen. Starting at ten thirty a.m. It's an early one. And uh, we're going to get right into these matchups. And uh, starting off the card, we have Merab Devashili, who is 7-4, and four, taking on Terrian Ware, who is 17-7. and seven. Uh, For the odds in this one, we had Merab open up at minus 350, a big favorite to Terrian Ware at plus 250. And despite having five fights between the two of these gentlemen, n- neither of them have a UFC win. Uh, Terrian Ware lost three straight decisions to Cody Stammen, Sean O'Malley, and Tom Dukensoy. Just that, yeah, that, almost, that's a tough run of opponent, opponents. Yeah, so. Can't get much tougher than that. I mean, I, and then they're giving him devastatingly now. They must not like Terrian Ware. That's you know? what I'm thinking. I mean, he, he's he's definitely fighting for his UFC career in this fight. Like, he's because I'm pretty sure that. Uh, his contract run, ran out after this last fight at UFC London, but the UFC said that they were going to give him one more chance, and then, and then they've given him Mirab, so yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, really just not giving him any slack. But, but yeah, I, I think this will be his last fight in the UFC, unfortunately. Yeah, I, and uh, Merab just being bet down from 350 to 550, so people really trusting uh, Merab in mm. this spot. Despite him, you know, being 0-2 himself, you know, losing that split decision to yeah. Sainz where he got 11 takedowns and that crazy fight where he got choked out at the end with Ricky Simon, so... Uh, tough, tough spot, but I think uh, I think that it'll be it'll be a close decision. I think uh, Devishvili will win, though. I agree. I agree. I think you said the best, and that you you said in this card there were quite a few mismatches, but I I, I wouldn't class that as being one of them. Although I do think that he will. Uh, although I do think that he, that he will lose. Uh, I, I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be that convincing. I I, I can see it going to decision. Yeah, uh, I, I think that where might win around. Yeah, I think it would be a unanimous unanimous decision win for Merab is my prediction. Yeah, I think like I said uh, maybe uh, Terrian could sneak around, uh, you know, in if he was able to defend the takedowns in maybe the third round or something. But mm. I don't know. Davishvili's got pretty good cardio and great wrestling. So uh, another mismatch we got going on: Ramazan Amiv, uh, who is let's see, his record is seventeen and three. Seventeen and three. Taking on mm-hmm. Stefan Salucic, who is twelve and two. Ramazan Amiv opening up at minus four seventy five compared to Stephen Salucic at plus three twenty five. And Ramazan Amiv being bet down a little bit more to minus five twenty five. Uh, Salucic up to plus four fifteen. Man, uh, I mean, Ramazan is a as a proven guy. He's in the UFC, two wins mm-hmm. in the UFC over uh, Sam Alvey and Alberto Mina, uh, taking away mm-hmm. Mina's undefeated record in Brazil a couple months ago. Very legitimate guy. 
And uh, Saluchito, this is his UFC debut, a very short-notice fight, and uh, he comes from a promotion called the Sermian Battle Championship, which has some, uh, you know, mid-to-high-level competition, but nothing too, you know, world-class. So, um, you know, it seems like this uh, spot is going to be Ameev's uh, chance to win. Yeah, I, I agree, I agree. And they've given, they've given him that in his home country just because... You know, I, I think I mentioned to you privately on messages, but I, th- I think they just want a lot of finishes and a lot of Russian wins, uh, uh, just simply because they, they've realised that there's a kind of niche market there that they can they can, they can exploit. I, I think they, I think their plan is to go back and try and do a pay per view show, yeah. Uh, but but that might work out badly with the t- with, uh, with the kind of time difference, like you say, it's ten thirty a.m. where you where you are, and it's. Uh, uh, the time difference would would make even worse for some places. Although if they did go back to Russia, I believe what they would do they, they would do what they did for UFC two hundred four, um, the show in Manchester, Manchester where Bisping fought Dan Henderson for the second one in his uh, middleweight title defense, where they had it maybe in the middle of the night, uh, so it could cater to that uh, to, to to that American pay per view time. Yeah, I mean it's it'll. Uh, I wonder what is it five hours ahead. Yeah, I mean. You know, it's uh, probably five or six hours, something like that. Yeah, it'll it'll it would be fucking tough to hold a pay per view main card at four a.m. Um, so who who knows how they would get the logistics of it done? And uh, that's for and, somebody, uh, that's for talk, somebody talk else to worry about. Mismatches. We have another one uh, where Jordan Johnson fights uh, fights Yandiev. Yeah, in my opinion, this is just. When you look at their records, they're both nine and zero, so it's quite an exciting matchup in that sense. But um, but I do think Gandhiev gets it done, and, and I think by submission, I think if he does have a uh, if Johnson does have a weakness in the grappling department. Oh, you think this is a mismatch for Yandiev? I I do, yeah, yeah, interesting, I really, interesting. really do. And he uh, well, right now we have uh, Johnson open minus one seventy five, Yandiev plus one thirty five, and Johnson right. Johnson been bet down to minus two sixty. So your pick Yandiev is sitting at two point two to one right now. Um, with uh, you know, making his UFC debut, coming over from M one, mm. very legitimate promotion, probably fighting some pretty stiff competition over there. Johnson yeah, is definitely. only one and zero in the UFC with a win over uh, Adam Milstead. So uh, yeah, yeah, it's definitely a winnable fight for Yandiev. He's a very powerful guy. Comes out, you know, f- mm. with a fury in the first round. But um, I don't, I don't really know too much about either of these guys to uh, to make a pick on this one. So, right, and the next fight is quite really interesting. The Desmond Green one too. Oh uh, yeah, I actually have a Prachino. I have a Magomed Ankalab and Marcin Prachino fighting before that. Uh, oh, so so there. Is that, I forgot about that fight. Magomed yeah. Ankalov ten and one, taking on Prachino, who was thirteen and three. Magomed Ankalov opened at minus three fifty for this one. Mm. Prachino plus two fifty. Both of them are zero and one in the UFC. Both of them lost in very very uh, embarrassing forms. Their yeah, last fight. Like, mm-hmm. uh, Ankalov was winning for fourteen minutes before he got choked out with a triangle choke. Or before he tapped out to a triangle choke with one second left. And Prachino was just involved in some sloppy, sloppy brawl where he was mm. dropping his hands to his hips before he was throwing yeah. punches and just got knocked out cold. So uh, I, I imagine that Ankalev will get this one done if he can remain a little more composed and smart in this one. He is minus 440 right now to Prachino at plus 350. So huge favorite for Ankalev. And that um, that marks our third guy at minus 400 or more. So and we got we got a lot more coming out mm-hmm. uh, that way. So get get used to it. Uh, so do you think Ankalev by decision? 
you know, I, I imagine it's it's hard to say because uh, you mm. know I think that ordinarily he would finish him because Pacino is so. I think he's gonna have to finish him honestly because uh, Pacino mm. is is you know he's just balls to the wall throwing bombs uh, oh, and he yeah. his as, as defense is terrible. defense yeah exactly it's uh his it, so you know I. I you know, Anklep is going to try to be a little more, you know, smart and conservative, I imagine, because he mm. lost his last fight, you know, so, like I said, embarrassingly and just let it slip through his fingers. But it's also going to be very hard to grind this this uh, horse of uh, Marching Pacino out to a decision when he's so, you know, fast twitch and uh, trying to do everything so uh, aggressive in the first. Mm. Mm. And uh, m- moving on to, 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 to taste some of green... Um, I think this is probably probably a bit of a mismatch as well. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it's it's it's. Cl- do you give do you give Desmond Green a chance in this? I, I don't. I do. I do honestly. So uh, you know, it, it's not a, a little bit better than plus three seventy five, which he is right now. So let me quick read these records real quick. Marybeth Tyson right. is twenty six and five, taking on Desmond Green, who is twenty one and seven. Marybeth mm-hmm. Tyson is six and one in the UFC, coming off of five straight knockouts. Motherfuckers, this yeah. dude is incredible. And Desmond Green, two and two in the UFC, uh, has a win over Josh Emmett and Gleason Tebow in his last fight. He does losses over uh, Rustam Kabulov and Michael Bazaris, two pretty stiff competition. Um, so before we mention the odds, which are uh, so. Actually, uh, I'll mention the odds, and then I'll mention this one bit. So, Marybeth Tysonov opened th- minus 350, Desmond Green plus 250, same odds as our last fight. And uh, Des- Marybeth Tysonov has been bet all the way down to minus 470, Desmond Green mm-hmm. up to pl- uh, plus 375. So, the reason why I give Desmond Green a chance in this fight is because when we've seen Marybeth Tysonov lose bef- before, he lost in a, uh, a decision uh, to Michael Bazaris, a grappling, uh, you know... Uh, a grappling fight where he got out wrestled against the cage a lot, you know, which is, uh, it seems to be his only weakness would be the wrestling department. His striking is incredible. So if, um, you know, Desmond Green is able to, uh, you know, incorporate a very heavy wrestling uh, and grappling heavy game plan, I think that he might be able to squeak away a, a decision. It's very, very, mm-hmm. unli- very, very unlikely, though, considering that Desmond Green was just involved in a car crash in a couple months ago mm-hmm. that, that yeah. two girls died in. He was... He was, I don't know if he was the, like, the investigation is still going on, so the the result, the what happened isn't 100% clear, but I believe that he, not initiated, but he was sort of the start of a crash that, you know, a, a, a truck crashed into another car, and that car the truck crash you know had like two uh young hispanic girls into it and they fucking died so he was you know like he has a fight a couple months after he might have killed some people and he could mm. be facing manslaughter charges i don't under- i think that desmond green might be just taking this fight to get a visa to russia and just st- <laughs> stay in russia for the rest of his life so he doesn't catch these manslaughter charges uh, so who the hell knows what's going on with Des Green's mind at this point? Uh, I think that you know, ho- ho- hoping to see. A... I, I had read about that. I'll need, I'll, need, I'll need to go back and do my research on that. How? how when did you say that occurred? Just a couple of months ago. Yeah, I think it was like this 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 summer. I want to say July. Um, um, I, I can uh, look it up Is real that... quick. Uh, another I'll look up as well. Another interesting fact on this fight is that Desmond Green's never been finished. Interesting. He's never been knocked out. Interesting. Yeah. Um. I don't know. He's, he's been submitted, I think. I, I, I think 
as well as most of his wins coming by decision. Uh, I think a lot of his, most of his losses go go by decision as well. So I reckon, I think it takes a lot to get him out of there. Um, he's scheduled to be arraigned on September 6th, so that already happened. Um, it, it does say, uh, the article was published in August, so I imagine it happened in August. And dude's got like a history of bad driving records, so who the hell, he's got a lot of, lot of issues in, in his own personal life. But yeah, hoping to see Amer- yeah. uh, Tyson Mov knock out this one. And with that said, we yeah. will move on to the next fight. Rustam Kabilov, who is 22 and 3, taking on Cajun Johnson, who is 23 and 13. Uh, Rustam Kabilov opened up in this one at minus 475 to Cajun Johnson at plus 325. And now Rustam Kabilov is all the way down to minus 750 Cajun Johnson plus 525. Rightfully so. I think that this is cl- uh, going to be a clear win for Kabilov. Is- <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. I mean, I don't know what, uh, what Cajun Johnson's kind of motivation is to take this fight. I mean, he only just fought at Calgary and got absolutely slaughtered by a Russian there so I, I, I don't know if he's trying to prove a point to himself that he can t- take on this kind of opponent uh, but yeah I, I do believe this is a massive massive well, I don't think, I don't uh, think Cajun I, is turning down any fights because he's at the front of you know the union effort and everything like that and I think if he's on thin thin ice with the UFC and he the, is after that even that he, he was saying that Dana White was quite angry at it about you know that, did you see that handshake, handshake thing yeah, of course. that was great yeah <laughs> yeah, I, I I enjoyed that too, to be honest. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, um, so I think that they're lo- giving him a little bit of punishment. Hey, you got your you got your ass fucking kicked by uh, a Russian in America. How about you fly to Russia and yeah. fight another one? You stupid son of a bitch. Thanks for better not uh, fake my handshake next time. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, so the odds, you know, uh, Kabilov seven to one is a little deep, a little deep. But man, uh, I don't think the Cajun is gonna win this one. No, neither do I, neither do I. And, uh, and then um, Peter Yan and uh, Jin Son Sun. The biggest, um, the, biggest ma- uh, the biggest mismatch, according to the odds, of all of all mm-hmm. the mismatches. Peter Yan. Is that in op- favor of Yan? Uh, yeah, oh, of course it is, yeah. Yeah. Wow, you thought, uh, are you familiar with uh, Sun, Jin Sun? Am I right in saying that this is... Uh, Sun Sun's first fight in the UFC. Yes, no. yes, it is. He's coming from yeah. Deep Impact Japan, a, fi- a promotion yeah. I've never heard of. Somehow, uh, you know, he's like nine and one, nine and two. Yeah, his, his, his record, his, his record makes the makes the fight sound more even than it suggests. Mm-hmm. But uh, Peter Yan has been beating, you know, the tip top flyweights in uh, yeah. ACB. He came over and already proved himself and beaten the shit out of Toritu Ishihara. Uh, he opened minus 530, Peter Yan did, and he's been bet down to ni- minus 900. Biggest favorite of the card, Jin Sun at uh, plus 600. Uh, Going to be a clear win for Yan in this one. And Hey man, mm-hmm. I- all I have to say is one of these mismatches is bound to be upset. And uh, we'll we'll pick mm. we'll, we'll pick at the end of the at the end of after we've gone through all of them we'll pick which of the you know four to five to one upsets has right. the biggest potential. So um, a couple more fights to go over though. We have uh, CB Dalloway. CB Dalloway, man, the, the mm. legend, seventeen and eight, taking on Khalil Mertsaliev. Uh, so uh, CB Dalloway opened plus one forty and. Uh, 
Khalil Mertzaliev opened minus 160. This is uh, Khalil's, uh, Khalid's, excuse me, uh, UFC debut. He's coming over from Fight Night Global, a very legitimate Russian promotion. Uh, mm-hmm. And C.B. Dalloway uh, won his last fight after he was knocked out after the bell by Lombard. Uh, you know, we don't. Uh, I thought yeah. honestly that was kind of a legit strike by Lombard, and uh, he was uh, yeah. Dalloway was he, lucky. He beat uh, he beat he beat Herman by decision and. Uh, back in 2017 as well. He's not been at his at all. Yeah. I mean, since well, I mean, he's he, bummed, he fought, he fought so. twice in 2015. He only fought once last year, I believe. And then he kind of, I think he wants to say more active now. But yeah, that Hector Lombard's been, been his only fight so far in 2018. Yeah. Um, I, I can't, I can't then, trust CB Dalloway at, at all. I mean, I can't believe no. the odds are, are still close. I mean, they're, they're cl- are, the, are the odds close? Yeah. Yeah, the, the odds are actually cl- a little bit closer than what they opened up as. This is a very short notice fight for Khalid, I might I might mention. Yeah. I think that uh, CB Dalloway has had three or four opponents, uh, if I'm correct. Yeah, uh, Omari Akhmadidov, um mm-hmm. and uh, Adam Frol- Artem Frolov, and now he is getting uh, this gentleman, Khalil uh, Mertzaliev. So, it's got to be crazy to be jumping from opponent to opponent like that. I mean, I don't, I, I, I don't really think that CB Dalloway um, is too capable of winning any fight against an able competitor at this point in his career. I mean, he just got knocked out by an over the hill uh, Hector Lombard. So. <laughs> yeah, true. you know it's uh i i imagine that mertzaliev will win this fight pretty quick uh pretty easily but Ma- mertzaliev is only minus 150 so uh interesting to say the least um yeah yeah i've got mertzaliev by knockout first run nice so uh moving on main card uh the fight pass the fight pass main card uh, 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 Tiago Alves is back. Yep, yeah, uh, but uh, hey, I'm way more excited for his opponent, man. Al- Alexei Kunchenkov, yeah, 18, 18 and 0. And 0. Best, the number one welterweight in all of Russia, taking on Tiago Alves, who's 22 and 12. You know, Alexei uh, Kunchenkov is a knockout artist, doesn't he? Yeah, he uh he was the champion, the welterweight champion uh in M one uh you know yeah. just he's just a beast. He he's got cardio to go the full fifteen if he needs to, but he's also got massive power, good submissions mm-hmm. as well. And um, actually, I made that up about submissions. He doesn't have any on his record. Uh, for for some reason, I thought that that he did, but um yeah, I watched a good amount of tape on this guy, and he he's he's the real yeah. fucking deal. And you know, Alves is struggling big time lately. You know, losing yeah, he decision is, he is. to he's, Miller, he's, losing to Melender by knockout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was that? That was that was that UFC two two six. Uh no 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 that was uh, Melender fought somebody else that night I was actually thinking he fought of... Griff he fought Griffin that night yeah Max Griffin Max Griffin yeah uh yeah that yes. was it that was it yeah but yeah and uh, he um I'm trying to think yeah that, I mean, he's just getting tough matchups though man Thiago Alves mm-hmm. dude is uh, sixteen and uh, no no excuse me he's fifteen and nine in the UFC been around mm-hmm. this place forever and they're, yeah, and they're yeah. still giving them like these these fresh ripe contenders coming over you know Kinchenkov only opened at minus 245 to Alves at plus 175 but Kinchenko has been bet down pretty much more than anybody on this card all the way down to minus 525 Alves up to a four to one underdog so rightfully so I think Kinchenko is going to make quick work of Alves and it's going to be violent and amazing yeah I, I agree Jarolovsky takes on uh, Shamil Abadakhmov. Uh, that, that's a good fight in itself as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how kind of Arlovsky comes back from that loss to um, to I, Tavasa at two two five because I was really impressed with that performance because I had Tavasa by knockout uh, and he I, I I thought we saw a bit a bit of the old Arlovsky back in that fight. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we've been seeing the old Olavsky for the past three fights. Um, it's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's come out looking more calculated, throwing leg kicks, you know, yeah. having a game plan. One decisions against, you know, Al- Junior Albini and Stefan Struve pretty decisively yeah. and then had that close yeah, fight. Yeah, Stefan Struve one was particularly impressive. Yeah, man, he, he looked totally comfortable in there against Struve. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, totally comfortable with a, a, a lengthy, uh, rangy striker like uh, Shamil Abdurmanikov. Uh, so interesting odds in this one. Andre Arlovsky opened at minus two fifteen, two to one favorite, and Shamil uh, opened up at plus one sixty five. The lines have since since flipped. Shamil was, uh, you know, they're they're going all over the place. If you look at this, uh, if you look at the odds, um, but uh, Shamil is all the way down to minus one thirty one at some points. And, um, you know, uh, right now it stands at uh, Shamil minus 125. Arlowski is a slight underdog at plus 105. Man, I think the odds are are accurate in this one. It's going to be a close matchup. Um, I think it'll probably go to decision. I agree. Honestly, I, I, I like Orlovsky's chances at winning a decision. Uh, he's looked good in his decisions lately, while, uh, you know, we haven't seen uh, Abdurmanikov uh, too consistently, right? 3-2 and two in the UFC. Uh, had, a, mm-hmm. had a quick knockout over Chase Sherman, low-level competition in his last win. But, uh, you know, was dragged into the deep and murky waters by Derek Lewis and TKO before that. So, um, yeah, should be a great fight. Yeah, yeah, I've got Arlovsky by decision in this one. Next fight is the the fight I'm looking forward to the most in the card. The best matchup, I think. The only one of the uh, this and uh, the Arlovsky fight have uh, very close odds. Um, but uh, Nikita Krylov coming back to the UFC uh, after he was mm. cu- he was cut in December of 2016. He was six and three in the UFC before, and then he still got cut. Got cut, won four straight fights in a row in Russia by finish over uh, some kind of lower level competition, you know. And he didn't look too 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 crazy in that, you know. He looked mm-hmm. he won the fights decisively, but it was he did not look like a world beater or anything like that. He's taken on John Blahovich, who is five and four in the UFC, but he's on a three fight mm-hmm. win streak with decision wins over Devin Clark. Or no, finish over Devin Clark, and then a decision over Jared Kennedy and Manawa. Yep, exactly. And uh, this fight, the odds opened up. Really Thin. Jan Blahovic has a small favorite, minus 130, to Nikita Krylov, also minus 110. And the odds right now, Nikita Krylov has been bet down to a favorite at minus 125, and Blahovic is actually plus money at plus 105. And, uh, man, I'm really liking Blahovic. Krylov, it's an interesting fighter is that he's never won a decision. Krylov, yeah, never gone to decision. Dude's got, what, 31 fights or something like that, and he's never gone to decision. Yeah. 26 and yeah, 5. Yeah, that's... that's- well, yeah, that's tw- he's tw- twenty four and five, mm. and he's never won a decision. That that's incredible. That's a big F factor right there, in my opinion. I've I've got. Let's see. Um, I, I'm not overly familiar with him, uh, so I'll need to do my research um, as we speak. On yeah, Bolovich, that that's not problem. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought he looked re- he's looked really good in his last two fights, especially yeah. the, the one against Manoa. And in that fight, he showed that he can take a shot and regroup and come back again. Exactly. I was so I'm worried. I was worried about Krylov's head kicks, and right as I was worrying about them, uh, Manoa threw a huge, powerful head kick that just 
bounced off of uh, Blahovich's skull, and Jan mm. Jan acted like it didn't hurt at all. He just kept walking forward. Yeah. So his chin, he's got good chin, good cardio, light on the feet, good striking, good body mm. kicks, throwing throwing jab, got good counters. Man, Blahovich is looking really really improved in this one, and I'm loving him at Dog Bunny right now. I actually uh, bet on his money line and hit for him to win by decision. I think that he will drag Krylov to his first decision of his career, and uh, Blahovich should win this one. He's got good wrestling yeah, too. Yeah, I was just looking at research on that. There, he's never won. A, he's not never won a decision, but he's also never lost a decision, which means never gone. Out of his, uh, That's crazy. Yeah, out of his, uh, his twenty nine professional fights, none of them have went uh, have went the distance, which That's, is which is incredible. good. But yeah, it, it is incredible. It does seem like he's got heavy, heavy hands though. Um, uh, yeah, he's he got good look, power, good power, good kicks. Um, you know, all types of stuff. Yeah. His yeah, kick, his kick, game his as well. Kick, his kicks, his uh, kicks are probably the most impressive. But um, right, I see. I need to do some more research on him after this. But yeah, he's coming off. He's coming off four straight finishes, all all within the first two rounds as well. Yep. But so like I said, caught, I watched all those fights and none, none of them impressed me. He didn't look. He didn't look anything. He, really? watch, watch his fight against. Watch his fight. I, I've, I hadn't followed him at all since he got cut from the UFC. Yeah, I would watch his fight with um, Misha Serkinov too, man. He sticks his neck out on a desperate takedown and just gets choked right away, man. Um, and yeah. I think that Blahovic, he, he, that could end up happening again, possibly. But uh, moving on to the main event, um, like I said, unfortunately, we're a little bit tight for time in this episode, trying to squeeze it all in in uh, around 75 minutes. So um, Mark Hunt taking on Alexi Olenek. Mark Hunt is 13-12-1. and Am I reading these records right, or do they have an extra win? Yeah, it says 13-12-1. Uh, um, Alexi Olenek yeah, is 13-12-1, and, and 56, yeah, Olenek is 56-11-1. That's incredible, man. These these guys are uh, been around the game for a while. Uh, odds: Mark Hunt open minus two fifteen. Olenek plus one sixty five. They've tightened up a little bit. Hunt is minus one seventy now. Olenek is plus one fifty. Uh, I I don't think that this fight this fight is definitely not going to decision. Alexi Olenek. No, no. It's, it's, I mean, it's just the classic striker versus grappler fight. Where, uh, whichever it's just to see whichever discipline comes out on top five. I think so, I think Hunt's I always not find these out. ones really difficult to call. Uh, I don't think so. I think Hunt's knocking him out. I don't think Alexi's going to be uh, close enough to really because so? because all right, we've seen Mark Hunt dominate on the ground before, right? But but like mm-hmm. like in his last fight against Curtis Blades, lost by wrestling. And uh, yeah, but, very but, true. but Mark Hunt was still able to land bombs in that fight. That that mm-hmm. Blades he uh, got him. He actually he rocked him early on. Oh yeah, he of course he did, man. He he landed his his you know overhand right. Nobody can take that mm. punch. No, uh, you know, uh, a couple guys have worn it like Blades did, but I do not think Olenek is going to wear it. I think that he will crumble pretty early and pretty fast in this one. I don't think Olenek's going to be able to get him to the ground. I don't think he's going to be able to uh, Ezekiel choke him. Uh, Olenek is five and two in the UFC with four submissions, but man, I don't think it's happened in this one. Um, Mark Hunt's no, UFC I'm record. I'm just looking through his professional record now. He's got 11, 11 four submissions. Eleven Ezekiel chokes. That motherfucker. He's crazy. He's crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, unfortunately, I don't think that he's gonna win in this one. Honestly, I can't believe the odds are tightening up. I honestly think that Mark Hunt should be a pretty, pretty decent sized favorite in this one. I really don't understand it. Um. But uh, yeah, hopefully. yeah. I mean, how old's Mark Hunt now? 
Because 43. I mean, normally Mark Hunt now he's he's usually going into fights as the older guy, but um, I think he's forty one. Forty four. Yeah, they're both uh, over forty. That's incredible. Right. I see. I see. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Blades was like twenty six or something like that, and, and you know he fucking yeah. Bl- you know, Blades is still very young. Yeah. So it, it it's a eighteen year uh, difference is is gigantic. You know. So um, what card was that on? Was that was that UFC two two one in Perth? Yeah. Yes, it was. Good memory. Yeah, back in February. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was, that's right. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah, uh, I thought he was unfortunate in that one that uh, that, he, that he didn't actually finish Blades. Uh, but yeah, but, yeah, Blades, in my opinion, we've seen uh, like the, 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 the next world champion. Yep, for sure. Yeah. He's great. Um, and uh, with that being said, for that card, we will uh, we will wrap that card up and just a, a few general MMA news stories for the weekend. Then we got to wrap this up, unfortunately. But Conor McGregor released a training video yesterday for the first his first mm-hmm. um, footage being leaked for training. You know, uh, Khabib has a, a, a videographer follow him around and post YouTube videos pretty frequently of him training. But this is the first glimpse we've got of Conor training was just a montage of him fucking dudes mm-hmm. up and hitting pads and wrestling and doing all types of mm-hmm. crazy shit and cardio and and you know just getting everyone hyped for the fight um i believe they announced the first press conference will go down it's next thursday yep eight days from now in new york city at the rock hall radio i don't know something like that um and uh so that'll be the first press conference that'll really start getting that fight into gear getting the promotion going getting the the casual audience behind it and that'll start finally feeling like the biggest fight in the ufc history they actually released a promo the other day with like some glass breaking effect you know uh it's kind of funny how hypocritical they're being about the whole dolly effect already but um uh i don't i don't, I don't blame them you know it's it'll it'll sell pay-per-views so fuck it um, yeah, I I agree. I think people are I think people are thinking too far into it if they have a problem with the boss. Yeah, they're like, oh, you can't you can't talk about it. How the fuck are you not gonna talk about yeah. that? Like when it's yeah, like, yeah. Um, so uh, Bellator Hawaii, can you believe this? The the UFC has a world champion, one of the top ten pound for pound fighters in the fucking world. Max Holloway is mm. an incredible incredible fighter. He's on, what 11, 12 fights in a row, uh, win streak, and they can't find a way to make it to UFC Hawaii uh, to Hawaii. But Bellator gets a flyweight champion, hasn't even defended her belt yet, yeah. and they're on their way to Hawaii. And I don't understand, like, how does the UFC get undercut by a promotion with one? 50th of the money they have yeah and and, and the reason the, the state of hawaii they said something like they didn't want the ufc to come because it attracted the wrong sort of people i believe oh yeah uh, and you know when you look at kind of promotions ufc is probably probably the classiest of them all uh i don't know about that i i think i think they're kind of they're, they're Listen, it's they're right about it attracting like you know a kind of like meathead audience, but it's not like you can it's not like you mm. can fucking like say that you can't do that. It's like it's totally discriminatory for you to. I, I mean, I don't know if you have you ever been to a UFC live. No, not not UFC, dude. Do uh, well, I think regional events. Well, what, what's the kind of what's the what's the kind of demographic like in terms of the audience? It's like guys with their girlfriends who train, who are like blue belts in jujitsu, and are like, dude, that guy's doing the fucking heel hill wrong. Like, you know, like they're they're like, oh, babe, really? babe, babe, I I could totally tap this dude out. And I, I mean, I, I went to I've been in Brooklyn, I've been in Atlantic City, mm-hmm. I've been uh in a, a couple of different places to see the UFC, and the crowds are always pretty similar. They uh, they attract uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of people dr- drinking a lot of people sneaking in like dab pens you know smoking uh, in like the audiences uh, a lot of people you know screaming out like kick him in the dick and you know uh, but it, it's good fun man it, it's it, it, but it definitely uh, attracts a very uh, you know 
uh, diehard base of fans, you know, because it's, you know, it's a pretty, uh, it's not really a casual sport, you know, you're not going to be like, hey, let's take the family to a, a, a UFC event, like, we're, like you take them to a baseball game, you know, it's so, it's, mm-hmm. um, but that's definitely not a reason to have, to not have the UFC there at all, so I think that uh, hopefully we get the UFC in Hawaii soon. Yeah, I, I totally agree, I totally agree, I don't understand this decision, but yeah, U, UFC does need to come to Hawaii, because, you know, he's like a hero over there. Yeah, man, he's big. He's they have like f- fucking parades for him when he gets off the plane after he defends. Yeah, his belt they, do, they do. They do. They have like him standing on top of open top buses holding his belt for yeah. like crowds of fans. I mean, he, he's a real star over there. And when the UFC is going to Russia and Brazil and Vegas and yeah. Vegas and Vegas and like, don't you think that everyone would enjoy you know going to Oahu or you know Maui or some place on an island where it's a tropical paradise instead of going to these you know dark, dirty places that you go to all the time, like the the butthole of Brazil or whatever. You know, who knows? But um, couple, yeah. a couple more stories before we wrap this bitch up. Uh, Fabricio Verdum getting the, the ban hammer. Two-year suspension. Two, ham, two years by USADA. Uh, serve that filthy animal rights. Just kidding. Uh, that's what he gets. That's what he. That's what he gets for throwing the boomerang at, at, at Colby. That's all I gotta say. Um, yeah. I, to, to be fair, I've never been a big fan of Fabrizio Verdum. You know, says for throwing the boomerang at Colby. That's the one thing that I dislike him for. And also, did you did you ever see that footage from the media day where he started on uh, Tony Ferguson? Oh yeah, yeah. That's, it's like that's great. He, he's starting on guys that weigh like a hundred pound less than them. Like, shut up before I ankle pick you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that that was the one. That was that was epic. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's a scumbag. You know, he he calls he, he called he called. Uh, he's a proper uh, meathead. Yeah. He called uh you know Ferguson like a faggot like five times in that yeah. one thing. Uh, you know, he gets money from Russian dictators, all types of shit. Um, yeah. Uh, last last but not least, the last uh, we have a little bit of rumor action going around that Dominic Cruz is might be rematching. TJ Dillashaw for the 135-pound belt in December of this year. I believe TJ Dillashaw is scheduled to be on the Joe Rogan podcast today, as a matter of fact. Right. So, so we might get a little bit of insight into that. But, man, what a rematch that would be. Uh, we, that epic fight happened with them almost three three years ago. Holy shit, January of 2016. So we've won that rematch for a while, and it seems like it uh, it might be in the, in, the, in the midst of happening. So uh, that'll be awesome. And uh, Yeah, I saw, I saw that... Um... I saw that Cruz was getting kind of a, a, bit, a bit of a hard time on social media. A lot of people trying to trying to say that he didn't deserve it, but this is the fight that needs to happen because straight um, after TJ Dillashaw beat Cody Garbrandt for the second time, the, the question on everyone's mind was like best bantamweight ever. Yes, Who's no. the best bantamweight ever? And there's only one way that it can be settled because that split decision was razor thin, and it, it could have gone either way. Oh yeah, sorry. I I don't know if you heard me. I was like, uh, someone was like knocking on the door of the studio, saying that uh, my time is up, and I said five more minutes. So, <laughs> right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, sorry, uh, sorry, I didn't hear that last bit of uh, that last anecdote you were meeting. I was kind of talking to somebody else, but um. I guess I'll have to wrap this bitch up, uh, even though we, that was kind of the last point that we made. But uh, John, thanks you so thank you so much for having on. Plug your uh, YouTube channel for me one more time. Right, thanks so much. Uh, it's John Sloan and me. If anyone enjoys watching local shows or your UFC and wants to hear a bit more from the fighters, just uh, subscribe and that'll be much appreciated. All right, John. Thank you very much. Tuning in from uh, Scotland. Uh, thank you. Uh, well, we hope uh, everyone enjoys the UFC Russia card going down this week. And ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, aliens, Martians, any conscious being, thank you. Tuning in to the thirty-second episode of Martian MMA, and we will catch you guys next week. Peace.